Well, it's a, it's a privilege uh, to be bringing God's Word to you this morning. Uh, last, last week, I think we, uh, we looked at 18 verses of Mark. Um, this week, we're looking at six. And your first reaction when the, uh, the pastor only gives you six verses when he's had 18 the week before is, you think, um, he's obviously worried I'm going to go on and on and on if, um, if I have 18 verses. Um, but actually, when you look at the six verses that we've got in front of us this morning, there is so much in there that the risk could be that I would go on and on and on because there's so much to say about these verses. I, I actually, you know, looking at them this week, it was genuinely exciting. Uh, to see what God uh, is saying through these six verses. So uh, we hope and pray um, that I will be clear in communicating that excitement and, and what I've learned this week uh, to you all. Uh, the title is uh, The King's Audacity. Um, to be audacious is to do something uh, incredibly uh, radical, incredibly different, incredibly uh, brave, probably something perhaps that's not been done before. Um, and that's what we're going to look at uh, this morning. Uh, we've been looking at uh, G- uh, Jesus uh, through uh, the lens of Mark over the last few weeks, and we've discovered more and more with each uh, talk, with each section of Mark, about Jesus the servant king. And last week we looked at Jesus' authority because Mark is beginning to show us that this is no ordinary man. He shows us that he has authority. So last week we found that he had authority um, uh, in the way that he preached and taught. He had authority in the way uh, that he was able to uh, to, to heal disease, authority over disease. And, and the disciples and, and the people around us have been going, who, who is this man? And we know that uh, that was a question that was often asked. Who is this man? Uh, and today we're going to uh, see in Mark, Mark's account, Jesus' audacious uh, behaviour when faced with a man with uh, a skin disease. Uh, we say a leper, but it could have been some other kind of skin disease. An audacious response that would have again made uh, the onlookers say, who is this man? Who is this man? He, he's no ordinary man. Who is he? Uh, we'll begin to see that as we look at um, the king's audacity this morning. But before we do that, let's let's pray together um, and commit our time to God. Dear Lord, help us as we look at this amazing passage uh, to understand just how audacious Jesus was in the way that he responded to this situation but also help us to understand something of what it teaches us about this amazing man who, as we know, uh, was also God. Uh, Help us uh, to get a really clear understanding of this passage this morning. Amen. When I was a a head teacher, um, I had what I called an open-door policy, which literally meant, unless I was in a confidential meeting, my door was open. So what that meant was that any member of staff, um, not student, uh, because I was on a corridor where students weren't allowed to go, but I, I mean I tried to be, um, you know, obviously talk to students a lot as well, but the, the open door policy was for staff, and there were 170 of them, and what I basically said to them was, you know, if you have an issue, if you have a problem, just come and see me. Um, and I announced this to great fanfares on the first day that I was in, in post, but it was really important. 
it wasn't very long before I really started regretting it. Um, because, you know, you were just getting going on something, you know, some important uh, piece of work, you know, writing away, and, and there would be a, uh, somebody at the door knocking, looking around the door, wanting to talk to you about their issue. Um, I, I am sure on many occasions I couldn't hide my <laughs> irritation. Um, in other words, it was a real pain to be interrupted. Interestingly, what we have here, I think, is a situation where Jesus is interrupted. Because we learned last week, didn't we, um, that Jesus' Jesus's main uh, purpose at this time was to preach. Um, we saw that in verses 38 and 39, where um, he said, uh, Let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is what I came for. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. That's what Jesus wants to do. But he keeps being interrupted. And here's another interruption. Uh, very small print, but uh, I hope you can read it at the back there. Um, Chris always tells me, don't. <laughs> don't go too small. And I went too small again, I apologise. Um, it's alright, I'm going to say it as well. So. Um, we've got an eyewitness account here. I think that's the first important thing to look at. Um, this is uh, this old this passage, this story is also in Matthew and Luke, but there are details in this account that are not there in the other two accounts, and, and I suspect this is the eyewitness account, uh, probably Peter's, um, but it's really interesting to see some of the details um, and what they mean. So um, we see that the leper is imploring Jesus. Now that's an interesting, you know, that's an interesting detail, isn't it? It's somebody who was there and could see the man's desperation. Um, in verse 41, in the version that we um, we read, it says, moved with pity. Probably better that, to, to say that actually it, Jesus was angry rather than moved with pity. If you look at um, what a lot of the commentators have said, they say that a more accurate rendition of that would be that he was angry. Well, A, that's probably a detail you'd only get from an eyewitness account because it's a bit odd. But also it tells us something. Jesus was angry when he saw this man. Why was he angry? Um, well, we'll find out. He was angry because uh, he, he hated to see this man ill, yes, but he also hated to see uh, the fact that he was, he was an outcast and desperate. I think that's why he was angry. He was angry at the situation. But it's an interesting eyewitness detail. Um, and then in verse 43, it also says Jesus was stern. That's also interesting. I think that's also an eyewitness detail. And the other one that's really important is in verse 45, it says the man went out. So this is telling us that this is happening inside a house. Um, well, it, it has to be inside a house. It could be inside anywhere else. Why is that significant? Because this man is a leper, he's a man with skin disease, he is not allowed, according to the law, to go into a house. He's gone into the house, that's how desperate he is. So lots of interesting um, eyewitness um, detail, I think. Um, so we can, we can know that this is written by somebody who was there and thought it was really important uh, that we um, heard about it. Now... Who knows what this is? So, who is it? What is she doing? And why was it significant? Anybody know? 
Anybody know? Just, just if you know, say, Jake. Sorry, you were first. We had a princess. It's Diana. Princess Diana. Thank you. Um, so it's early 1990s. What is she doing? Does anybody know? Shaking hands with an AIDS patient. Shake, thanks, you. Yeah, shaking hands with an AIDS patient. Why was that so significant? Why was that such a a, a big thing, such a big deal at the time? Sorry? Yes, absolutely. People thought at the time that if you, or a lot of people thought, if you if you got too close to somebody with AIDS, if you actually touched them, you would catch AIDS. And 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 also, and this was this was equally significant. Um, probably even more people, um, you know, thought that you know AIDS was a was a horrible disease, probably self-inflicted, and and you know they, they shunned AIDS patients. They didn't want anything to do with them. So this guy not only um, you know would would be desperately ill and probably facing death, but he'd have people refusing to go near him and touch him. And so the fact that, that Princess Diana actually shook hands with him was hugely significant at the time. I mean, it was all over the papers. Um, to be honest, it's one of the few things I remember about her, actually. Yeah. I don't remember much about Princess Diana, but I certainly remember that. That was a huge thing that she did. Well, in this story, um, we see something very similar but also profoundly uh, different. First of all, the king's choice. Um, well, the man comes in and he says to Jesus, um, if you will, you can make me clean. If you were a, if you were a leper, a person with skin disease at this time, um, not only were you ill, but you were ritually unclean. It says in uh, Leviticus uh, 13, verses 45, 45 to 46, about this. Um, and it says that uh, when you're walking around the district, you have to shout, unclean, unclean. Appalling. You know, when you think about that, for, for somebody to have to shout, unclean, unclean. To warn people to scatter. To warn people to go away. Don't come near me. I'm unclean. And then it says that the leprous person should live alone outside the camp. So they had to live outside the town. So this, this man is ritually unclean, he's ill, he's desperate, he's an outcast. And he comes in, desperate, comes into the house, which he shouldn't do, approaches Jesus, which he shouldn't do, and he's desperate and he says, if you will, you can make me clean. And then it says that Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Think about that, right? This is an audacious act to touch somebody who is ritually unclean. And Jesus says, I will. I will deal with your issues. I will deal with your disease. So Jesus makes a conscious choice to deal with the situation. In Jesus' sovereign grace, he decides he will be compassionate. And that's the God that we have. A God who chooses to reach out to us and be compassionate. But also, of course, we see not just, just Jesus' choice to do something about it, but we see his care and his compassion. Jesus chooses to help because he, he cares. Man, as we've seen, has not only got a physical problem, he's got a social one. 
He's probably therefore got an emotional and psychological one. He's in a desperate, desperate situation. And remember what we, what we heard, that eyewitness, probably Peter, says that Jesus was angry at the situation. Jesus hated the situation. He hated the fact that that man was in that position. And when Jesus looks at sin in our lives, when he looks at sin in the world, he's angry because of the way that sin is messing up this world. He's angry. But he's also, of course, deeply compassionate. Um, And he stretches out his hand, does something that nobody else would have done, touches the man and says, you are clean. We have to, um, we just have to get our heads around how uh, significant that is, really. I mean, it's just, um, you know, it's it's not just Princess Diana. Uh, it's, It's much, much more. If you touch a person with skin disease, um, then you are made unclean. So in the, the disciples would have looked at that and would have thought, why on earth is Jesus doing that? How on earth does he think that he could do that? We have to get our heads around how, you know, how they would have understood it. Um, they just, you know, it would have been truly audacious. Now, it's also worth noting Um, And this is where we come on to the the king's challenge. Jesus didn't need to touch the man to heal him. Now, Jesus touched people a lot when he healed them. Um, You know, we read lots of uh, accounts where Jesus touched people to heal them. And I think usually that was to show his care and compassion. You know, the fact that that he wanted to connect with them on that physical level. But he didn't need to do it. In uh, in Luke chapter 7, we read about Jesus... Um, being asked by the centurion uh, to heal his servant. Jesus actually heals the servant even before he reaches the house. He doesn't actually have to physically touch somebody to heal them. So it's a conscious decision to stretch his hand out and touch this man. Now, yes, it is to show that man that he's accepted and loved and to show the compassion to the man. But there's much more going on. Much more going on. And this is why it's like Diana, but so much more than what Diana did. First, it's a challenge to the understanding of the law. Because in touching the man, Jesus um, you know, would be saying, the law is not just about... In fact, the law is much more than just rules about touching, not touching. The law is actually fundamentally about the heart. And Jesus goes on a little bit later in Mark uh, to explain this more and quotes Isaiah and says um, how Isaiah criticised the Jews in these words. This people honours me with their lips and by implication their actions, but their heart is far from me. So what Jesus is saying is that the law is about the heart. It's about how uh, how your attitude is. And Jesus wanted to point that out in, in, you know, if you like, overturning this interpretation of the law as being all about what you did, the do's and the don'ts, the rituals uh, and, uh, and the practices. It was about the way that you thought and your heart attitude. That's the first thing. That's the first challenge in actually reaching out, touching this man. The second challenge is even more profound. Because if you think about it, by reaching out and touching that man, you are making yourself unclean. But Jesus doesn't then, 
there, as far as we know, and I'm, I'm sure he, he didn't, do anything then afterwards to acknowledge that he was unclean. If he had been unclean, the law said you had to do various things. He didn't do any of those things. He just carried on with his ministry. He was saying, I am not unclean. I've touched this man, and yet I am not unclean. What does that mean? Well, un- being unclean was a picture of the sin of the people. So Jesus is saying, it appears to me here, something incredibly profound. He's saying, I'm not a sinner like you. I can touch this man and not be unclean. In fact, I touch him and he becomes clean. So it's an actual reversal of what you'd expect. Somebody else touches him, they become unclean. Jesus' case, he touches them, he touches the man, he becomes clean, Jesus stays clean. What's going on? Well, Jesus is saying, I'm not a sinner like you. I think that's what he's saying. It's, it's, it's hugely profound. And you can imagine the disciples there in the, in the house with him, looking at each other, probably didn't really know exactly what he was saying at that point, but they certainly knew he was saying something very significant. They could see the audacity of it, and you can imagine them going away going, what does this mean? How, how, can he, how can he touch this man and not become clean? And they would have been talking about that, I think, as much as the fact that the man was healed. This is, this is Mark recounting probably Peter's, um, you know, looking back and thinking that was, that was hugely significant. That was an amazing thing that Jesus did. And he was beginning again to teach us something very, very significant about him. So who is this man? Who is this man that not only has authority over disease, but actually seems to have authority over the law and seems to be saying, I'm not like you, I'm not a sinner. Who can this man be? But we know, it's God. But at the time, you know, they would have been working that through. And finally, the king's cleansing. He does affirm again that he has authority over disease, the authority that he's already shown um, in uh, previous occasions. But interestingly, what happens now, of course, is the man, he, Jesus, I think in his compassion, tells the man to go and, and, and go to the priest and get restored into society. But Jesus knows that that will be a testimony to the priest that something significant is going on. Um, so he's beginning uh, to say uh, a little bit more about himself, not just to the disciples, uh, but in this case to the priest as well. Finally, we have, don't we, a changed man. Here's a man who has met Jesus and has been hugely and profoundly uh, changed. And I couldn't uh, resist uh, but do the heal, restored, forbidden. So apologies, apologies for the terrible pun. Um, imagine, imagine being in lockdown or remember being in lockdown from last year. Um, and initially, I think most of us found it, you know, an interesting. Uh, experience. It was sort of novel and, you know, in its way quite enjoyable. Certainly I enjoyed that I wasn't, you know, having to, to go to, I was having to go to Lincoln all the time before lockdown and I suddenly didn't have to go to Lincoln and it was, you know, it was sort of quite pleasant really. And then it started dragging a bit, didn't it? And eventually it was, it was getting uh, really frustrating for most of us. Well, imagine being in lockdown and everybody else not being in lockdown. That's if, in effect what this man's experience of life was. And Jesus comes along and he heals him. 
and he restores him because the man is restored into society. And then you might think, and Jesus forgives him. But that's next week. Um, this week is actually what Jesus says to him is, you're not allowed to tell anybody. Now, why was that? Well, it wasn't quite the right time for you know, more people to know. Jesus was already, already, as we know, finding it difficult to do his preaching because of the crowds um, coming for the, if, if you like, for the wrong reasons to see the showman. So he didn't, you know, he wanted to um, to try and manage the situation. So he forbids the man. What does the man do? <laughs> he goes out and he tells everybody. He can't stop himself. This is so amazing. He goes out and tells everybody. And the challenge to us is we're, we're healed, if we're Christians, we're restored, we're actually forgiven, um, so we go one better than this man, perhaps, we don't know whether he's forgiven or not, it's no sign that he was, um, we go one better, and we're certainly not forbidden, we're actually encouraged to go out and tell people about what's happened. Uh, this man was forbidden and couldn't stop himself, we're, we're told to do it. So what are we doing? Are we going out there and telling people? Um, I hope so. Um, I mean, we, we talked about the four by four, and, some, and, the, and, the, and the, we're talking about the big quiz that we've got. These are opportunities to connect with the local community, and then that gives us opportunities, doesn't it, to tell people about what Jesus has done for us. This man didn't need a second invitation. In fact, he ignored Jesus, and he just went out and told everybody because it was such an amazing thing that had happened to him. Well, we have an even more amazing thing. Um, we're healed, we're restored, we're forgiven. Um, and, and we need to get out there and, and tell people. In this story, and I think it's a genuinely exciting story, Mark introduces us to an audacious king who, we've seen, is compassionate and merciful, who chooses in his sovereign grace to heal. We've met uh, a, a, an audacious king who is powerful over disease. We've met an audacious king who has a completely different understanding of the law to that which um, other people had, and an, an attitude, uh, of, so an understanding of the law that says it's about our, our attitude of heart, our orientation, how we think, um, how we um, behave towards God and other people. But most significantly, this is an audacious king who is not under the law, who is not a sinner like us, but is sinless. And of course, we know why Jesus had to be sinless, because that was the only way that there could be an acceptable sacrifice on the cross uh, to bring us forgiveness. So we're beginning to see in Mark's Gospel here um, huge, hugely um, significant uh, pieces of information about this, this king, this person, who is more than a man, we discover, um, who has authority over disease, who has a, a completely different way of behaving to all the other teachers at the time, and who is saying, I'm more than a man. And next week we find out even more about this person who's more than a man, who, as we now know, is God and saviour and king. Shall we pray? Dear Lord, thank you for this uh, great story of, uh, of an audacious king who was willing to stretch out his hand and touch an unclean man and restore him. And in doing so, challenge people's understanding of who he was 
and to begin to reveal that he is truly not just man, but King and God and Saviour also. Lord, help us this morning um, to be excited about uh, this man and help us, uh, like the man in the story, not to be able to hold it in, but to want to go out and tell everybody else about Jesus. Amen.